This is Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare from Rock 94.7. Welcome to 13 Questions on Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Tonight's guest is one of the premier voices in metal. You got to know his incredible talents through over 30 years and hit after hit with Queensryche. Now he has a brand new musical venture, his second solo album, Kings and Thieves, hit stores on November 6th. Fellow metalheads, it is my absolute pleasure to say, Jeff Tate, welcome to Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Oh yeah, you bet. Jeff, it's been real quiet lately for you. How you been? <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoying the quiet. <laughs> you bet. I've been, uh, you know, rehearsing for uh, my upcoming tour, which uh, I'm leaving tomorrow to begin. And, uh, you know, the record comes out, the new record, Kings and Thieves, comes out uh, November 6th. So uh, I've just been, you know, anxiously uh, awaiting that and uh, working on getting ready to play live. We're anxiously awaiting the album, too. And the record company's only given us two singles. They've only whetted our appetite. Now, let's talk about the first one, Dark Money. How disgusted is Jeff Tate with present-day politics in the U.S.? <laughs> oh, I've been disgusted with politics for years. In fact, I'm, I'm really not... A very political person, but I, I do like to write about you know social change and uh, the effects of politics on, on society and people, and uh, so that that's kind of the uh, the thrust of that song. Dark money is uh, pointing out you know uh, the millions and millions of dollars of uh, political action committee monies that go into electing a uh, you know a candidate nowadays. And uh, the song doesn't, you know, pick a side or support a cause. It just points out the issue and, you know, is uh, basically an introduction for discussion, really. Well, as as a certain uh, great vocalist once sang, who do you trust when everyone's a crook? Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, that kind of encapsulates my sentiments. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. You got it. Now, the other single that we've had access to, Jeff, is Take a Bullet. And um, my question is, who did you have in mind when you wrote the line, I'd take a bullet, maybe two, I'd take a bullet for you? Who would Jeff Tate take maybe two bullets for? Well, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that when I'm your friend, I'm your friend for life. I stand by people, you know, that I care about, and uh, I have that ex- expectation of others. You know, I, I really respect loyalty and friends. And uh, so, yeah, the song is... is is kind of that as a declaration of my my uh, my loyalty to people. Now, Jeff, you've signed with Inside Out Records for this project. Now, this label works with a lot of progressive slash metal bands. And right now in Seattle, you've got bands like Seven Horns, Seven Eyes, Stealing Axion, Jeff Loomis's solo stuff's blowing up. It's like progressive metal is the new grunge in Seattle. You've got a progressive pedigree from your decades with Queensryche. Can we expect any prog elements on Kings and Thieves? Uh, you know, I guess that's you know, dependent upon how you define music, you know. I, I don't really, I'm not really one to define stuff so easily. You know, uh, I, I guess maybe it's the generation I come from. I, I don't think in terms of genres, you know. I just write, write music that I find interesting and, uh, you know, pick subject matter to write about lyrically that I find moving and that I feel passionate about, really. Now, you've assembled quite the backing band to head out on the road with you. I mean, on bass, you've got Rudy Sarzo. He's played with Quiet Riot, Ozzy, Whitesnake, and Dio. On drums, you got Bobby Blotzer of Rat. On guitars, you got uh, Glenn Drover, who used to play with Megadeth and King Diamond. And you've got backups from Randy Gain and legendary producer Kelly Gray. Now, Jeff, I've seen this situation before. Bald guy assembles a superhuman team. Are you going to be Professor X from the X-Men for Halloween this year? <laughs> Thank you for providing me my Halloween costume, because I hadn't thought of that. 
<laughs> well, it's either going to be that or Nick Fury from the Avengers. So either way, you're all, it's either an eye patch or a wheelchair, I guess. Well, I tell you, I love eye patches. I, I was thinking about incorporating that into my wardrobe, actually, you know. <laughs> Nick Fury it is. You heard it here, folks. Jeff Tate is going to be Nick Fury for Halloween. Now, <laughs> now, let's get back to the lead singer of this band for a sec. After 30 years of hitting the high notes for years, like you're summoning the Valkyries to the battlefield, your voice is still incredibly strong. What is the Jeff Tate secret to maintaining that voice? Oh, God. You know, Terry, I don't think about it much. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, if, if an, it, I guess it depends on what I'm singing and how I'm writing, but I just kind of go for it. You know, <laughs> um, you know, I, I've you know spent my life training, you know, as a singer and, um, you know, exercising every day that that uh, muscle group, you know, that it takes to sing. So I I just sing every day. You know, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I work, you know, five days a week in the studio when I'm home. And then uh, when I'm on the road, I, you know, I do, uh, I guess I tour like uh, in, in a crazy sort of way. Most singers wouldn't be able to do this. You know, I, I do like, you know, 10, 15 shows in a row before I'll take a day off. On this run, I'm doing 19 shows in a row. I... I, I guess I'm just blessed with a strong voice, you know. So there's no magic teas, no herbal concoctions or anything like that that you're bringing on the road with you? No, I, I, I just try to, you know, take a lot of vitamins and try to exercise, you know, jog, that kind of thing, and go to the gym and stay healthy is my my biggest goal. You know, try not to get ill, which is the singer's worst nightmare when you're on the road, you know. Now, now let's juxtapose this uh, the, this pursuit of good health that you have with your one of your other passions. Uh, Jeff, you also have your own wine label, Jeff Tate's Insania. Now, it comes in a white and a red, and I went to order some, and I saw that I could get it by the bottle or by the case, and they looked lovely, but Jeff, I'm a guy on a budget. When are you going to put out a box wine for poor broke schmucks like me? <laughs> Yeah, I'm working on that actually. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rather expensive wine. You know, it's a it's a serious wine, and uh, uh, unfortunately, when you um, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you know, when you make a serious wine, it has a, a serious price tag on it. You know, it's definitely a wine that you can enjoy for years. You know, you can buy a bottle and hold on to it. The the red is you know going to last ten, fifteen years, and only get better with age if you keep it you know stored in the right conditions. You know, my white wine just got a 92-point review in, uh, in Wine Enthusiast. I'm, 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 I'm in ecstasy over that. That's like the equivalent of a musician getting a Grammy. That's probably tough to get that award with a box wine. and Maybe you should just stick with the bottles then. Great. Jeff, you also have a bit of a filmography developing, including a role in a horror film, The uh, Burning More Incident, where you play a guy who goes on a killing spree. Are there any more acting roles in the future for Jeff Tate? Uh, yeah, well, I hope so. You know, I hope that... Uh, I can uh, do a few more things. I, I really enjoy it. Um, that last uh, movie, uh, The Burning More Incident, was uh, really challenging to uh, you know be part of. Uh, specifically, because of the location, it was very challenging being in this derelict building for a month. You know, without it, without showers or toilet facilities or anything like this, it was really roughing it. You know, but it kind of helped put me into character. But the other thing that was so challenging was the stun work. You know, I'd never done anything like that before, so I got to work with a stunt coordinator and uh, a guy who taught me all the, you know, how to throw a punch and how to you know, take a punch and how to roll downstairs and, and all these different things. And, uh, man, it was fascinating, but really hard work. I mean, every day I'd come, you know, come back the next day with bruises and cuts and stuff, you know. But I, uh, I, I really enjoyed the work. It was very satisfying. 
Well, uh, this also leads into my next question. Now, you're a motorcycle enthusiast. That's been documented. Have you been watching Sons of Anarchy? Uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. I'll, I'll run it down for you real quick. It's a show based on a uh, motorcycle gang, and it's kind of like Lassie in that one of the guys in the gang gets in trouble, then everybody else has to go help him in a way. It's like Lassie with motorcycles, basically. But let's say <laughs> let's say Jeff Tate gets booked for a role on Sons of Anarchy. What sort of character would Jeff Tate like to play? Well, anything where I have to wear an eye patch. You know, I'm all about the eye patch. <laughs> well, hopefully I'd play, a, you know, a, a somebody with a, a conscience, you know, um, maybe a tough guy with a conscience. That kind of thing would be more desirable. But, you know, honestly, if you're given a chance to play a role in something like that, you know, you take anything you can get and do it do the best you can with it, you know. But the eye patch would be a nice bonus. That would be a nice bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, of course. You're listening to 13 Questions on Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare is a three-hour metal show heard every single Saturday night from 9 until midnight, Central Standard Time on Rock 94.7, 1029, and online at rock947.com. Our interview with Jeff Tate continues. Now, Jeff, you also appeared in a documentary, Programming the Nation, which explores the subject of subliminal messaging and advertising, music, film, and television. Now, Jeff, after this interview airs on The Nightmare, we'll have it available in podcast form afterwards. Is there a subliminal message that you would like to embed in the audio right now? <laughs> well, let's see. There's so many things I'd like to say. Uh, um you know, I'm really a humanitarian at heart. Uh, I, I believe in, in uh, the good of, of uh, human nature. So uh, I'd probably have to, you know, embed a message that perhaps some might, you know, uh, discern as corny. But uh, I, I really believe, you know, be good to each other. You know, be kind. That's kind of my, uh, my creed. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to take that. I'm going to filter it, maybe run it backwards a couple of times, and then we'll insert it under this entire thing. And it will have a, the world will be a better damn place after we get done uh, editing this, right? Or you could add on, you know, be good to each other, be kind, or die. <laughs> yes. And buy a copy of Kings and Thieves when it comes out in just a couple of weeks. <laughs> that too. Now, uh, Jeff, as a rock journalist, I have to add the question mark at the end because, well, let's be honest about the quality of my show here. But, Jeff, as a rock journalist, I've noticed that your career has gone through three distinct phases. Now, I'm not talking about your musical career, but your hair maintenance career. Uh, you, had the, you had the poofy mullet, the long and straight, and now you're doing the Mr. Clean. Which hairstyle has been your favorite of the bunch? Well, the Mr. Clean really is my favorite on a number of levels. One... You know, it's uh, it's easy. Um, two, uh, I, you know, life is really fast nowadays. You know, with all the technology, the technology that's out there, and the communication uh, abilities we have, and you know, life moves pretty fast. And I'm able now uh, to move with it in a very fast way because I'm, you know, much more aerodynamic. Uh, absolutely, yeah. That, that has a couple extra, it, it, you know. And when you're on the motorcycle, it drops a couple miles per gallon, huh? It does, it does, and it's easy to take the helmet off and on. Big, big plus there. Exactly. Okay, the Mr. Clean, that's the winner, though. Uh, now, Jeff, one of my buddies is a massive fan of your work. Um, he also has two daughters. I've got a daughter. You, on the other hand, have managed to navigate life with five daughters. What is the most valuable piece of advice you've received on how to be a good father to a daughter? <laughs> yeah, five daughters, and it's... Uh... It's crazy. I, I really don't know any other thing as I've never had a son, so I, I wouldn't know how that all works. I now have a grandson, though, which is uh, quite an experience and 
and quite a whole different thing altogether, you know, uh, having this young boy around, you know. Um, but, I don't know, raising girls, um, you do a lot of, uh, you know, things like go ask your mother. You know, that <laughs> seems to work really well. You kind of pass the buck. You know, you got to be strong and, and, and fair, you know, that kind of thing, uh, you know, and, and be uh, supportive and try to be, you know, uh, work at your communication, you know, because men, we don't communicate as well or as much as women do. So uh, we tend to be kind of like the strong, silent type, you know. And uh, I don't know, I just try to uh, teach my girls to be independent, strong, and, uh, you know, don't back down, you know, don't don't buy into the idea, well, that uh, a lot of people try to enforce in our culture, you're just a woman, you know, women aren't equal to men in, in a lot of aspects. And, uh, you know, I don't buy that, and I, I teach my girls to uh, laugh at that kind of sentiment and uh, be strong and, and uh, you know, follow their own path. Yeah, and prove the naysayers wrong more than anything else. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think women are, are incredibly capable at everything, and in some ways they're more capable of uh, certain things than men. You know, we each have our strengths, men and women. You know, we're, we're definitely not equal, and... Uh, and probably not meant to be, you know. Now, uh, Jeff, you've been asked uh, a lot of stupid questions over the years by a lot of stupid DJs, myself included. What question do you hate being asked in an interview more than any other? Well, I don't actually have a question I hate being asked. Um, I, I find interviews, uh, you know, and conversation in general to be challenging, you know, uh, to try to be, you know, open and, and honest with how I feel about something if I'm asked uh, try to understand the interviewer's point of view, you know, that they're coming at you from. And um, it, it's it's always challenging. It's like a puzzle, you know, trying to put together uh, a way of uh, communication so that you're understood in the best way possible, you know. Easier said than done sometimes, right? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's challenging. Some people you just can't connect with, you know, even, even though you try and try and try and... Um, Luckily, you know, in my career, I have a, a tendency to talk to the same journalist year after year. And so over time, we have come to sort of an understanding, you know, and uh, a way of communicating that works. And uh, the ones that I, I can't possibly make a connection to, I just don't talk to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, um, Jeff, uh, with that being said, now all those dumb questions you've been asked, uh, is there one that's been left out? Is there a question that Jeff Tate wishes someone would ask him in an interview? But no one ever seems to. <laughs> well, you know, surprisingly, there's not too many interviews where the uh, journalist is interested in talking about the music. You know, they tend to want to talk about, you know, events and things that surround the band or the artist. Uh, not typically about the music itself, you know, and perhaps that's because, you know, they're not musicians and they, they wouldn't know what to ask, you know. Like, you know, interesting chord progression you had in the bridge of such, such and such a song. I was wondering why you went to uh, A-flat major instead of A-flat minor, because I thought perhaps A-flat minor might have created some dissonance in the chord that followed it. And wouldn't you want to do that? Because the lyrics of the song have a kind of a, uh, a subjective meaning at that point. And wouldn't the dissonance work well with the song? I never get asked that question. <laughs> you see, now, now this show is obviously not academic enough to pull that sort of thing off. I'm a failed musician at best, so <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> That's probably why you're not getting that here, to be honest with you. But we do love the two lead singles, Dark Money and uh, Take a Bullet. We are absolutely looking forward to seeing what else uh, Kings and Thieves has to offer. That is the legendary Jeff Tate. Like him on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Tate. And pick up his latest solo al- album, Kings and Thieves, when it hits stores on November 6th. Jeff, been a big fan for a long time, man. Thank you so much for being a part of Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. What a pleasure, Terry. Very, very good talking with you, man. Thank you. And thank you for listening to 13 Questions with Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare is a three-hour metal show heard every single Saturday night from 9 until midnight Central Standard Time on Rock 94.7 and 102.9 in Central Wisconsin and worldwide online at rock947.com. You can listen to more 13 Questions interview podcasts at our website, rock947.com. Next time you're on Facebook, like Scary Terry Saturday Nightmare. I'm Terry Stevens. You can follow me on Twitter at TerryRock947. Thank you for listening.